Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of April? Yes. I don't know what month it is. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's April. <laughs> April Spotlight. And we're doing cult classics. This is a, a mainly a Sarah pick, but then I said yes instantly when it was brought up. <laughs> but we, we're doing another amazing movie. And it was a good one. Uh, Katie hadn't seen it. So it was really cool to show her another just part of my world of explosions. <laughs> and kicks. Uh, we watched Demolition Man, uh, one of the coolest damn movies ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what what did you think about Demolition Man, Katie? Um, it was okay. There was a lot of like, wow, people thought that technology technology would advance very rapidly, and it did not. <laughs> like as fast as technology did move, it did not move as fast as they wanted it to to get to where Demolition Man is. Because this movie, the future part of this movie takes place in 2032, which is only 12 years away. And there's no way we're getting there in 12 years. Not happening. I want one of those shock sticks. That's what I want real bad. You could get one of those. That's that's just a taser on a stick. That's not (laughs) a hard thing. You could buy that right now. It's a little more than a taser. You can knock someone unconscious instantly by touching them. So... Dip it in water, it just shocks all the water. <laughs> That's how electricity works. Yep. <laughs> no, it's just not as cool. I can tape a taser to a stick, but it's just not as fun. One get put on a, the end of a baton like that fucking stormtrooper in Star Wars. Oh, the the traitor guy. Yeah, traitor. Fighting Finn. T R A T R A R. So, uh, if you haven't seen Demolition Man, you should because it's great. But uh. This is a cool one. It's, I wouldn't say based on, but it's taken ideas from uh, the Aldous Huxley. I can't remember. I don't know how to say his first name, Sarah. Yeah, Aldous. Aldous, Aldous Huxley uh, novel, Brave New World. I read this at some point in high school, and I, I don't know if I had fun with it. It's one of those dystopian, just sad future kind of books. So you should really read it as an adult. Um, I tried reading it as a high school kid. And I didn't appreciate, like, I got maybe 30 pages in, and I was like, this book is stupid. And then yeah. I read it as an adult, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, and I I don't generally like literary-type things. Uh, I'm more of a pop fiction-y type person. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it more as an adult. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. So it takes... um a ton of themes and stuff, the whole, um, not everybody's having kids and it's all kind of pick and choose and, um, like ideas are getting kind of put into people's heads. That's how they're raised and things like that. And actually, uh, one of the main characters, Sandra Bullock's character is named after the author, half her name, Huxley, her last name. And then the first name, Lelina is one of the characters from Brave New World. So they just, like, no one's going to know this, <laughs> except some people. Are, oh, like, hey, I read that book. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, but it's an amazing, um, amazing movie. You got any good memories from when you first saw it, Sarah? I think I was in college when I first saw it. So it wasn't like a childhood favorite, favorite growing up. Um, but I just, I generally like action movies and I, I do like 90s action. Um, so when I found it, I was like, oh, this movie is fun. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> um, and so I just appreciated, like, the campiness and stuff from that being kind of a staple of 90s action-y films. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is, this is 
the antithesis. Like if you wanted to show somebody like a 90s action film, you show them this because no one aims their guns. It's all just spray and bleh, and get behind something. A lot By of shit way, I did have a note for that. That So they go like, I know we didn't even do the summary yet, but whatever. Phoenix goes to a museum to get the, the guns and I would assume bullets, even though we don't really see him pick up bullets. And then he just goes off and they're spraying bullets everywhere. And so as these like, as those fight scenes are happening, I'm kind of like, they're very cavalier with their bullets and what I can only assume is a limited and finite future supply. They don't have a, like a ammunition factory going on that they can just go get more bullets from. What the hell? Like once you clean out the museum, you're done. Yeah. I I just assume that they, when they built the museum, they're like, well, we have these boxes of bullets. What do we do with it? Oh, just put it in the back. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. Because he had all the bullets when he was spraying everywhere. (laughs) Okay, so this movie, it starts in 1996. Uh, The movie was made in 93, but they said it's 96. I don't understand that part of it. Well, because L.A. is overrun by criminals. Like, regular people have deserted L.A. So I think in 93 was when a lot of, there was a lot of violence and a lot of, especially, like, police on citizen violence and stuff like that so they yeah. were projecting that it would continue in a downward spi- spiral to the point where L- la would be run overrun with criminals so they gave it just like a little bit of a boost of the future to say like oh yeah it's really bad and then we're in a forward after that for the rest of the movie <laughs> oh yeah so uh, there's a criminal simon phoenix one of the coolest names you could have yep. uh he kidnaps all these hostages and he takes uh He's hiding in this building with his little gang and uh, LAPD Sergeant John Spartan, another sweet ass name that can't be real yep, ever no. in real life. Nope. <laughs> he, no. uh, he comes into the building. He's uh, that type of maverick cop that's not supposed to be there. He was, it was probably his day off and he's like, I got to take off Phoenix. They're like, don't go in there. And so he captures, captures Phoenix and he can't find the hostages. He took a bus full of people and lo and behold, the people were hidden in the building, and then when the building blew up, they died. And so John Spartan goes down for, what was it, involuntary manslaughter? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so he gets, oh, shit, like 60? Supposed to be like, how many years was did he get? Until 60 or 70. Yeah, 60 or 70 years, but he got out early. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in this L.A., this future, well, 96, uh, they have technology to freeze people. <laughs> so the outside part of LA is shitty and scary, but then they have all this technology to freeze people. So there's no, I guess all the people that get life sentences or just you do enough bad stuff, they just freeze you and then they'll wake you back up later and then be like, well, we'll talk about what you did. And so Phoenix and Spartan get frozen and then uh, time goes by. And it's 2032 and Phoenix gets thought out for a parole hearing. And then he just escapes because reasons later on, you find out people were helping him and uh, he knows karate. He knows how to do all these things. And so uh, they're forced to unthaw the only person that could catch him. And so it's a kind of uh, what type of story is that kind of fish out of water story? I guess. Well, just guy in the shock. Yeah. Yeah. Culture shock, and so it. He, uh, John Spartan, wakes up in a world where they don't really touch each other. Um, not that much violence. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, they're all kind of nervous about things. It's a very easygoing world. Uh, you can't curse, can't have salt, can't have anything good, honestly. And so uh, he's got to show everybody how to do things and then catch this really, really bad person. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an amazing movie. Uh, I watched this um, way too early. Uh, it had to been a couple years after it came out when we got cable. I remember seeing chunks of this movie all the time because I love Wesley Snipes. I still do, even though he doesn't pay his taxes. But <laughs> I think he's better about that now. <laughs> now, but, but, now that he got caught. Yeah. <laughs> but Wesley Snipes is one of my favorite, like, just, like, action dudes because, like, Passenger 57, he was in tons of movies and stuff. And so it was really cool to see him, and he was a bad guy. And that was really different because usually he's always good in his movies. So it was really cool to see him be way funny and laugh all the time and just kick people because he's awesome. So that was really cool to see. But uh, I I don't have a set like memory. I just know I watched that. I was way too young to be watching this movie. <laughs> and that just adds to the list of movies that I shouldn't be watching. <laughs> okay. So uh, who's your favorite character, Sarah? Um, I think Lenina is my favorite character, even though she got, Sandra Bullock got so much flack for this. Um, like, people have rated this as her worst um, character that she played. Um, I think part of, like, she's so, you know, innocent and, you know, has this thing for the, the 90s. Like, she she collects all her stuff. And I think some of what people hate about her is how she's written. Like, she's supposed to be this really innocent like but also I'm good at my job kind of person so I just think she's fun and you know she's she's the only one that actually like gives Spartan a chance and tries out like you know um this well I'll couple it with my my least favorite character is Rob Schneider's character because he like instantly starts you know making fun of John Spartan like well you don't know how to use the three seashells what an idiot (laughs) like dude has been unfrozen for all of 45 minutes also his biceps the size of your face so why don't you cut him some slack and not make fun of him right Lenina is like trying to help him out and get him acclimated and help him catch a criminal and get like keep the city safe and all this stuff um so yeah she's my favorite and he's my least favorite Mm-hmm. What about you, Katie? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> um, my favorite character is probably Edgar Friendly, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of Dennis Leary. Oh, he's great. Typically, um, because he always plays like that same asshole in everything, yep. and this was no different. He's pretty much just playing himself. Um, but I really liked that he was just anti-establishment completely. Like, they tried to reset the city and make all these laws and precautions and whatever, and he was just like, no, I'd like to keep my own free will and free thoughts. Like, I'm gonna go underground, fuck y'all, fight the power. (laughs) And I really like that. Yeah, he's a good one. Uh, If I had to pick a favorite character, every time I watch it, it always changes. Uh, For the longest, I loved um Wesley Snipes he was like one of my favorite characters because you never see him as a bad guy and then in this movie he's actually finally a bad guy and it's amazing so no I'm gonna stay with that uh Simon Phoenix it was really good uh, yeah I, I love when characters that are usually not bad guys when they finally do one kind of like in Face Off uh with um 
Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. when he finally got to be like a bad guy. But then he was good. They flipped him yeah, and Travolta. Bad guy for 30 minutes. Yeah, it always came out pretty good. Um, so I actually kind of have a big problem with with Edgar Friendly. Um, yeah. Because like right now, um, paralleling with the people that are protesting the quarantine, like that's his camp right now. Those are the people that are like, you can't tell me to not go to stores and not go to restaurants and meh. Uh, and he, throughout the movie, he like shows up and yeah, he's fighting for his people trying to get food and everything and be altruistic. But at certain parts, especially the end action scene where everything's just like getting torn to fuck, his people come out of the woodworks and then just stand there while everyone else is fighting. And I'm like, what the fuck are y'all, all of you here for? <laughs> you just came out just to be like, hi, what's up? Yeah, there are a lot of us. Like, really? <laughs> you show up for the yeah. revolution and then you didn't fight. <laughs> no, that's fair. Do you have a least, like your, the character you didn't like the most? I have one. Uh, my least favorite character is Benjamin Bratt's character because <laughs> they, and it's really, it has nothing to do with Benjamin Bratt at all no. and everything to do with the fact that they took the brownest guy that they could find in Hollywood at the moment and then named him Alfredo Garcia, even yep. though Benjamin Bratt is one of the whitest Mexican actors that exists. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and the also, second Katie heard his name, she was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. He's also, like, fairly stupid. Yeah. He is really dumb. But to be, I think all the cops were dumb in this film, though. Because they, they had all, but, like, gotten rid of violence. Yeah. He, he wasn't just stupid, like, he didn't know how to be a cop. He was just stupid, like, they, you know, something would happen, and he'd be like, well, what's that? What do we do? Oh my goodness. Like he was he was the little instead yeah. of it being like the dumb girl in the corner, I guess they flipped that stereotype. It was the dumb dude in the corner. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, they they made Sandra Bullock's character way more like capable because she watched like, you know, violent movies of the nineties. So she's like, Oh, well, we we should just do this and everybody else just didn't. Yeah. So she's like the weird one in the group. Well, I feel like this movie, they took like the main three actors and focused all of the good writing on them. And then for everyone else, they were just like, fuck it. Everyone's dumb as shit. It doesn't matter what they say or what they do. I don't care. They're they're background characters. It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike some of the stories that Otis likes that have really good supporting characters that we've talked about. This, This one, the supporting characters are really meh. They yeah. are. <laughs> but it's, everybody else stepped it up. And so, like, there wasn't a damsel in distress, which was really cool out of, yeah. out of films. But that kind of comes with sci-fi. To be fair, your supporting characters argument is only valid, well, let's see, is only not valid in action movies. Because action movies always have, like, garbage side characters. True. But well, no, all other films, about, Otis loves the side characters. We had talked about Fifth Element, how the side characters were really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I never, I don't think of that movie as an action movie, really. It, it's, it's more... It's Asian weird. With sci-fi, it's like... Sci-fi is hard. It, yeah. It's a weird mix. Yeah. But yeah, but just like with this one with Sandra Bullock, you can tell it's sci-fi because she's very capable and not just like, oh, I fail. Yeah. She can actually do things. She is a bit dopey, like with her catchphrases and stuff she can't get them right but that's like the worst thing she does like she just can't <laughs> tell people like yeah take this job and shovel it and he's like you almost got it like, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you were close 
So that actually ties into my least favorite character. It's the um uh the chief. Oh yeah, that guy's an the asshole. Chief of police. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a poophead, the future one. It, yep. Even the 90, 93 one's a poophead too. But get arrested again. Yeah, it kept calling him a caveman, and he's like, "Oh, we'll just like the computer told me he's gonna like make a drug business, and we'll catch him then." He's like, "He's not gonna do that. He wants a gun." It's like you can't even get a gun here. That's stupid. And like, no man, like he wants a gun, and he's gonna shoot a lot of people. We need to stop him. Yeah, but. Yeah, he's a poop head, but hopefully he got better <laughs> in this movie <laughs> later on. But nah, he's crap. Yep. But usually chiefs of police, they have to not be on the side of the hero. They have to like, you know, be annoying. It's like, I got the I got the mayor up my ass because he keep blowing up stuff, Katie. Yep. Like, stop being so stop being a maverick out there. Katie's okay. like, I gotta do what I gotta do. You I know? don't know if we're talking about demolition man now or last action hero. <laughs> oh that chief <laughs> didn't steam come out his ears when he was yelling at him every time he's like if you blow up half the damn city and i have to go talk to the mayor <laughs> steam out his ears <laughs> shattering windows with his yelling <laughs> yeah probably well the chief is probably like you know the man so the hero has to fight against the man yeah as well as the bad guy and show how he's badass and he doesn't follow the rules and doesn't take no crap from nobody even if steam's coming out his ears <laughs> okay so i have a couple of fun facts about the movie so um the one scene that sarah brought up about the three seashells so in this future they don't use toilet paper to wipe their butts when they poop they use three seashells and so it's never fully explained how that works and they they asked sylvester stallone what he thinks how that works and he thinks that like they use some of the shells to like grab the poop and then use one shell to scrape your butt. <laughs> and I was like, that seems like a lot of extra work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no one has like a set like idea. They're like, I don't know, man. It's like uh, the guy that actually wrote it, um, he was asking his friend, like, do you have any like cool future ideas? And he was actually in the restroom. He's like, I don't know. My wife got all these like seashells for decoration by the toilet. And he's like, I'll do something with that. <laughs> so I came up with the three seashells wow. off of that. Um, let me see. Did you, did you see Jack Black in the movie, Sarah? I did. He's like on screen for two seconds. There's quite a few like cameo people in the uh, Edgar Friendly hooligans. And you're like, hey, you're going to be famous later. Yay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forgot when it was, but I was like, Katie, Jack Black is here somewhere. And uh, like every time like Edgar popped up, I was like, he's somewhere in his background. And I saw him like, <laughs> He was like standing there for a second. I was like, there he is, there he is. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird that Jack Black. It's weird that Jack Black gets a credit in this film, but Rob Schneider does not. Yeah, that's exactly. weird. Like, yeah, Rob Schneider has, has actual lines. Yeah, <laughs> several. Yeah, I and don't know. he was, and it was 1993, so it's like Rob Schneider was known. Yeah. Because this would have been like right around the time when all those really funny like Saturday Night Live movies started coming out. So. And he's gonna be in Judge Dredd very soon with Stallone. Yep. So like, are they friends? That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine them being friends. <laughs> so uh, if you've been to Comic Con uh, anytime soon, you will have uh, recognized it in many of the scenes uh, outside of the convention center. Uh, there were a couple of spots. You said it was what C to C to hall, E. Yeah, hall C through D. Um, so they didn't even bother to take the, you know, they have the big letter signs on the outside of the convention. 
So they yeah. didn't do anything with those. So as they drive by, you can see the big C and the big D in the background. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't... Like a sign or something, but it's not really readable, but it was like San Diego, blah, 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 right, right by the letter C. Yeah, I forgot that it was taped part of it in San Diego. I thought it was just LA. And then when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, it's the convention center. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> so it was, was it last year when we went to Comic-Con, they did the, the Taco Bell thing? I think so. Yeah, so um, in the movie, they go to Taco Bell for dinner, and Taco Bell won the, the fast food wars <laughs> in the past, and it's the only restaurant now. And so at Comic-Con, there was a Taco Bell not far from the convention center. They actually dressed it up like the Taco Bell in Demolition Man. And so the line was stupid long. I wanted to go, and we walked by it a couple times, and it was, the line was just down the street. I'm like, I'm not waiting for Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It was like a three-hour wait. I was like, nah, I like this. I want to take a picture in there, but I'm not waiting three hours for nope. this. And so it's cool. After this movie... Taco Bell actually changed their logo. So they had an old logo and uh, it was just the, what, the yellow bell? It was a yellow bell on a, on a brown background with red and green and yellow accents. Yeah. And so after this movie, because this movie came up with a really cool, like purple bell on its side, real futuristic and cool logo, Taco Bell was like, fuck, that actually looks really cool. And so they actually used it. And so that is, it's changed a little bit since, but it's still like that purple color is now the Taco Bell thing. So yep. I thought that was really cool that this movie like changed their logo <laughs> or helped them change it for them. And so uh, we actually watched this movie. Um, we, we weren't good and we didn't pay for it. We watched it a not good way. And so our version was, I don't understand what version it was. It was English, but in the movie, they say, Pizza Hut instead of Maybe Taco it was like Bell. England. Yeah, it could have been somewhere in Europe where, yeah. where England is or where English is the primary language. Yeah, so I looked it up. A couple of um, versions of this movie had Pizza Hut instead of Taco Bell brought up as their meal because um, Pizza Hut is just in more countries, and so it wouldn't make sense for non-American people. Like the you know, it's a joke because Taco Bell, like Sarah said uh, earlier. Mm. That Taco Bell is supposed to be like a lowest of the low and they survived all of this. And now they're, they're the, the cockroaches. Yeah, they're the champ of all the foods <laughs> in San Angeles. I wonder if the international versions of the movie The Blind Side had to switch stuff to Pizza Hut. Because oh, the Tui family runs, like the dude owns a whole bunch of Taco Bells in Georgia or whatever the <laughs> fuck. They, he, they probably, I don't know. <laughs> I'm very curious now. That's a really good question. <laughs> I don't know. And so in a couple of scenes, you can see that they put up stickers saying taco, I mean, Pizza Hut on some of the windows, but there's a scene where they forgot it and you can still see the, uh, the Taco Bell like emblem pop up and they forgot to take it off the costumes of the servers. So <laughs> it was like a half-hearted <laughs> attempt to change it, but they were like, eh, we don't care enough. No one's looking at it that hard. <laughs> But there were, there were people like me. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the movie, um, typical action, um, the hero, usually the sidekick gets hurt and then they can't follow the hero to the end. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Spartan knocks out Huxley because he doesn't want her to get hurt. 
and he meets up with Phoenix and they have themselves a good old fight. And then they pull the Terminator 2 and he gets frozen. And then he goes like Hasta La Vista, baby, and then breaks him up in, in the, well, in the one piece. The he kicks his yep. head off <laughs> and it explodes. And he runs out of an exploding building and he screams because Stallone does that a lot in his movies. Yep. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of it. The world is, well, I don't know if it's going to be better, but the dirty sewer people came out and they're friends with the nice people. And so hopefully the world gets a little bit better. There's going to be a whole lot more sex, I'll tell you that. And probably more rat burgers. Yeah. Um, so I just went through my notes a little bit more. So I did have a note for young shaven Jack Black as Fury Road wannabe and <laughs> Jesse Ventura as an apocalyptic murder, murder thug. <laughs> so Jesse Ventura is one of the guys that uh, Simon Phoenix asked to get dethawed. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. So like now kind of spoilery, but I wonder if part of the, the, um, arrangement was to have all the murder thugs also programmed to do cool things or no Kung Fu or whatever, or are they just their same 1996 selves? So there was some, uh, deleted scenes where he woke people up and they were normal, but he gave them this like super futuristic, like adrenaline super serum. To make him strong and crazy, and then Spartan had to fight through them before he got to Phoenix. That and sounds then, um, like the RPG that it should have been. Like, fight yeah. all the mini-bosses before you get to the main one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be extra tired and hurt before we fight. <laughs> yeah, because, well, I mean, also, like, they don't really appear very much in the film. Like, they, ha- they have their little powwow, and then Phoenix goes off to the crypto prison and is like, I'm going to l- release everyone, this is going to be great. And there's a couple of them in the cryo prison. And then when Spartan gets there, he's like, oh, y'all leave. He's mine. I'm like, so why did you dethaw everyone? <laughs> yeah, so apparently there was a fight scene with Stallone and Jesse Ventura. But this movie was already, it was like two hours long. Yep. And so it was going a little, a little long for an action movie of like the 90s. And so they're like, nah, we got we to gotta cut some of this. Yep. And so that got cut. Um, his old black friend, um, uh, what was it, Zachary Lamb, the yeah. guy that was like, Oh, Simon Phoenix, he's he's like nothing you've ever seen. He's pure evil. Yes. Uh, that Old guy actually gets, Yeah, he gets murdered by Phoenix. What? But they left it out, apparently. And he gets to live. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so when they're in the sewers and Phoenix is on that bridge and he's shooting down at him, uh, Sylvester Stallone grabs this like random woman and he's like protecting her. And it doesn't really make a lick of sense. So there was an uncut scene or a deleted scene that was supposed to be his daughter. What? And she was a sewer person and he found her and then she was getting shot at and he's like, ah, like protecting her. But wow. they left that out too. I don't. Well, I mean, that, w- that would be cleaner, I guess, because it really, when he, when he wakes up, they tell him that his wife is dead and they could like help him go find his daughter. And he was like, no, 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 let's just leave it. Yeah. And they don't ever think her ever again. <laughs> yeah, so I think they added that little quick, like, no, because they were like, nah, we don't want to follow through with that. That's yeah. extra work. So he's just going to be like, nah, I'm good. So, yeah, there were a couple of things left out, but this movie would have been like two and a half, 245 if they added all that stuff in, mm-hmm. which I'm not against. But a normal moviegoer in 93 would have been like, fuck, this is kind of long. Yeah. <laughs> I got shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> so like i said great movie 
give it a watch, guys. It's really dang good. Okay, uh, seven word synopsises. I'll go first. Okay. You're gonna take the one that I have. Okay, yeah, you go first then. Go ahead, take take it. <laughs> okay, drop kicks, guns, rat burgers, and Hall H. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> Um, so he says it twice, so I guess it's a catchphrase. Um, but John Spartan says, send a maniac to catch a maniac. And that's actually seven words. (laughs) Nice. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So I got my first one right at the very beginning of the film. And I said, paratroopers wouldn't bungee jump out of helicopters. Nope. Okay. One of my notes on that was, damn that plot armor, um, how did he jump? How did the jump out of the helicopter not kill him? <laughs> right? He would have died instantly. Down. That's not a thing that happens. His legs would have broken at the knees, splittered out of his legs, and he just would have splattered on the ground. Yeah, that would have been the end of that movie. And then, okay, and then not even five minutes later, I got another fucking synopsis. <laughs> a factory of C4, they'd be dead. Yep. So within the first 10 minutes of this film, main hero sylvester stallone has already died twice (laughs) okay (laughs) like dumb shit okay and then at the end of this film i actually turned to otis and said this that's what this movie is missing cannibalism (laughs) (laughs) because wesley snipes is like jeffrey dahmer i love that guy unfreeze him yep and they fucking start un- the unfreezing process of Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Yep. Mess. So I have, I have one more that I wrote up. It said, uh, just aim your guns to end problems. Uh, in this movie, everybody just shot from the hip. And, yep. just, and so it was more of just a deterrent. They didn't really want to kill each other. I guess him and Spartan and Phoenix were just friends, and they were just like, I kind of don't like you right now. I'm not actually trying to kill you. Yeah, stay down. Just stay down, and I'll walk away right now. There's a scene that Phoenix snuck up on Spartan and Friendly, the two guys he wants dead, and he's like, ha-ha, they're down there. Well, time to kill them. Spray everywhere. I'm like, just aim your gun (laughs) quietly. He could have ended this movie so fast. You could have sniped both of them right now. Two bullets. That's all you needed. Yep. Fucking straight headshots and be done with this movie. But nope. that, but that's '90s action movies. You spray everywhere. No one aims. No, yeah, it's too much no. time to aim. You gotta just uh, just get out my face. <laughs> so I have one okay. more synopsis. Ooh. Yay! We are going to Taco Bell. <laughs> oh man! I also uh, have that was a favorite quote in the '90s. Um. Uh. So we mentioned earlier, there's like some programming happening. So. Sylvester, uh, wow, not Phoenix. Spartan comes out with um, domesticated skills. Oh yeah. So they were talking about how um, you know Phoenix has like kung fu and computer hacking and all this stuff, and he says, "I come out of cryo prison and I'm Betsy fucking Ross." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. (laughs) It's weird that they gave him that, even though he's a cop. Like, maybe they should upgrade his cop skills a little, but they're like, nah, no, you need to sew. Needs to know how to knit a sweater, which, by the way, I call bullshit with that tiny thing of yarn doing a whole sweater, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, he did not have enough to do that. Maybe there was more in the, in the apartment. 
that we didn't yeah, see. Maybe. But that was not enough <laughs> to make a giant sweater. No, they were trying to calm the rage in him. That's why he learned how to knit. Yes. Oh, That's he, why it was his uh, punishment. And his, his uh, <laughs> you know, his shirt, like, gets a tear in it. And he's like, don't worry about it. I can fix it later. All I need is a needle and a thread. What the fuck's happening to me? Yeah. <laughs> I like that they just kept slipping that in to the fact that he's good at sewing. I was like, yes, that's what I need. <laughs> yep. Um, and there's, there's, I think, only one scene where you don't hear the, um, the language thing going off. What is that? The, um, I wrote it down. The verbal morality standard. Um, there's one scene in like Cocteau's office where it doesn't go off when uh, Phoenix is swearing at him. But yeah. every other scene, like they're in Taco Bell and you can hear it going off in the background <laughs> because they're dropping F-bombs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like real faint in some okay. scenes because they're like extra far away from it. But it's like, <laughs> he's like, you have violated the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I like pay attention to uh, detail on that one. <laughs> I like that. I actually enjoyed that, that they kept that going. Yeah. So uh, what we've been doing with the cult classics, and we might do this with the um, just the spotlights from now on, is that we, if this movie came out this year and you had the recast, who would you put in the, the spots for this movie? And so I'm going to go first because I think mine's not as good as Sarah and Katie. I'm going to go first. <laughs> I don't know about mine. <laughs> so for John Spartan, I put down The Rock because The Rock is like the coolest action guy we got right now anytime yep. he's in a movie you're gonna make at least 50 million like easy yeah uh, for simon phoenix i went with donnie yen because he can fight and just you know he's not 100 percent good at talking but they can work with that and make him sound all evil and stuff or they can give him somebody else to do all the talking he just looks mean in the back just kicking the shit out of people okay uh, for huxley uh i did uh karen gillen I think she would play a pretty good, just like dopey, aloof character. Yeah, fan of the '90s, being silly <laughs> and stuff. I think she could play it pretty good. And then uh, for Edgar Friendly, I went very ridiculous because I just want to see him do this. Uh, I went with John Mulaney. <laughs> I want to see him be wow. friendly and just be crazy. <laughs> all right, I like it. That's good. And with crazy hair <laughs> and dirt all over him. <laughs> all right. So my John Spartan is Sebastian Stan. Oh, good choice. Yep. Uh, choice. Simon Phoenix is Vin Diesel. Ooh. Because I think he would be a good, like, punny, I don't give a shit, let's spray you with bullets type. Um, my Lenina, I put Aquafina. Ooh. I like it. Yep. And then friendly, I have James Franco. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of out there uh and then i have to throw I, th I feel like every time i have to throw in one that like never would play this because this is not the typical type of character they would play uh but cocktail i would put morgan freeman oh, oh that'd be good <laughs> that would be good yep see i knew it i knew you guys were gonna have way better picks <laughs> than me okay so mine, John Spartan, is much less well-known than your guys's. I went with Winston Duke, who plays, he's from Black Panther. If you don't know who Winston Duke is, watch Black Panther. 
he is not the Black Panther. He is the leader of the other tribe, oh. the gorilla tribe. Yeah, Mbaku. Um, Mbaku, yeah, can break my back out. <laughs> Those <laughs> thirst tweets. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the guy who plays Mbaku, I think he would make a really good John Spartan because he's okay. big as fuck. Like, dude's yep. jacked. And he can fight, like, as we saw many times in throughout the MCU since he joined. Um, my Simon Phoenix would be Keanu Reeves. Ooh. Okay. Because he's already a gunslinger action hero. Um, and we, as we've seen from, like, The Matrix and all his other random films, he's good at playing the, like, I just learned a whole bunch of shit and now I can do everything kind of guy. Yep. And I think he would be really well-suited for Simon Phoenix. Um, for Lelina Huxley, I chose Gal Gadot because she, I wouldn't say that Wonder Woman, like her character in Wonder Woman is necessarily like aloof and out of it, but there is like a language barrier with Gal Gadot um, because she's from Israel and she's got like just enough of that, like doesn't quite understand some of the stuff like some of the common sayings in English that I think she would do really, really well in this weird, like, I don't really understand these, what yeah. you're saying things. <laughs> um, for Edgar Friendly, I put Diego Luna. Because uh, I love Diego Luna and I'm all about diverse casting. So <laughs> Diego Luna, he would be good. For my Ray, what's his name? Cocteau? Weird name. Okay. Yep. I put uh, Ken Watanabe because he's great. And I added an extra because the second he popped on screen, I was like, he would make a great one. Associate Bob, who works for uh, Ray Cocteau and ends up working for whoever ends up being in charge of the town or whatever the fuck. <laughs> for Associate Bob, I would put um, Eric Stone Street, who plays Cam on Modern Family because he plays the like really just crazy like oh my god oh my god oh my god like kind of character he does that really really well and i think he would be perfect in that <laughs> no that'd be pretty good see like i said you guys way better way better picks than me <laughs> i need to i need to just diversify my ideas i didn't think about diego luna i love me some diego luna he's great yep. okay so this movie came out october 8th 1993 how much do you think the budget for this awesome movie was, Sarah? I'm going to go with $40 million. $40 million. Okay. $50 million. $50 million. Uh, you guys were pretty close. So um, I had to look at a couple of spots for the budget because uh, Wikipedia gave me a in-between. They were like, it's between this and that. And so I had to look around a little bit more. And so I saw that it is approximately... 57 million bucks, which for that time, I mean, Sylvester Stallone was a lot of money. pretty expensive. So I could yep. see a lot of money was for him. So how much do you think this movie made? 70 million. 70? Not bad. Not bad. What do you think, Katie? 150 million. 150 million. Okay. Box office, $159 million. I was so close. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I don't know if it was just the power of Sylvester Stallone and um, Wesley Snipes, but yeah, you, those were names, especially in the '90s. They could do whatever they wanted, and it would make money. So, yep. oh yeah, so everybody was excited. 
yeah, is a damn good movie. So okay. it did great. So if this movie did great three times its huge budget, what makes this movie a cult classic? It's a lot different. The whole sci-fi aspect of it, it was very weird for like Sylvester Stallone because usually he's just like in the jungle shooting people. Yes, but but how does that make this a cult classic? Well, it made money. It's one of those ones, it made a ton of money, uh, but uh, I know the reception wasn't the best. It was, it's a little higher than 50-50, but a lot of people are like, this is kind of dumb. And then it, sometimes the satire in it, because it's, it's kind of making fun of like the future and stuff and doing that. Like I said, it's a weird one for Sylvester Stallone, but uh, no, it's, it's still good. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so one of the things that we had talked about was um, that cult classics could also be because of the following afterwards, like the the people that were really passionate about it, and then everyone else kind of just dropped off, and it was like, yeah, it was a movie, you know, back there. Um, but the people that keep it alive are like really diehard about this, um, and it wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't really well received. I think Sandra Bullock, I'm trying to find it right now, but she got <clears throat> nominated for a Razzie <laughs> and their joke award. So she was nominated for worst supporting actress for this film. And the, wow. I don't remember how many Razzies it got or whatever other things. Um, but most of it, it was like, yeah, this was terrible. We need to give them fake awards. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just looked it up, uh, just the legacy of this movie. Uh, yeah, back in 2018, it was the 25th anniversary of the movie. That's when Comic-Con did the, the recreation of it. But, yeah, no, this movie, like I said, 25th anniversary, Comic-Con's like, yeah, we're going to bring back Demolition Man because everybody has an idea about this movie. It's like Wesley Snipes' hair. Like, it, it's one of those films that Eat it's... pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very recognizable and it's just different i love this movie like there are still lines i say like to this day like people just like what is your boggle yeah like like steve and terrell say that all the time <laughs> like what is your boggle that is like one of the things we always do uh there's tons of things like when the movie was happening like anytime phoenix was on the screen he was like beating up people and he turned to the the ward and he's like yeah and just <laughs> Just, he's really good at being evil and funny, so it's it's a good one. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you guys have anything else for Demolition Man? Uh, let me check my notes. Um, I think it was personally. I think it was a big plot hole that, as an evil mastermind, he did not program all the henchmen to not have a fail sa- uh, fail safe of not being able to murder, death, kill himself. So that was stupid. Percent. Um, and then oh. Freaking Sandra Bullock's character, Lilina, they come down the ladder into the sewer, right? And she's like, oh, it's not very clean. And then runs her hands through her hair. I'm like, what? <laughs> Is that how you're wiping off your hands? You're disgusting. Um, and then, oh, something else I liked is that this, so the, aside from the police uniforms, all the civilian uh, clothing, it has very big Japanese influences. And so I kind of wonder, like, since they're bringing in um, Brave New World, I wonder if any of that was bringing in um, Man in the High Castle, where 
um, you know, Japan and, and Germany win the war and Japan gets like half of the United States. And so all of San Francisco is like pretty much another little Tokyo. Yeah. So everyone like dresses very Japanesey. Um, but I mean, I'm just a fan of Japanese culture. So like that everyone's running around in kimonos and like wood shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Katie brought that up because Spartan's apartment was very like Japanese themed, yep. just the way it looked. Well, and, and the clothes that he was wearing were very Asian influenced. Yep. And I thought it was really interesting because it's like, I, it's odd to me that all like futuristic things end up being like very Asian infused, yeah. like in sci-fi, like Serenity and Firefly, like, I don't know, the world exploded and then everyone just knew how to speak Mandarin and all these different things. And it's like... <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah it, i don't know what it is and it's probably the creators of it they just probably enjoy japanese culture a little bit and so they're like well in my future like everybody knows japanese and everybody's house is like this and so it just goes from <laughs> there but i mean japanese culture is really cool you get swords and stuff so yeah i'd actually would have really liked um even just a weird side scene if they had showed the rest of the world like something that's happening outside of the San Angeles area because they make a point to say that this new version of San Angeles with like all the rules and the no cussing and the no brutal brutal police force and any of that that all came because there was a big earthquake and it fucked up the state of California basically and San Diego and LA like merged into one and that became San Angeles. What the fuck happened to the rest of the country? Like, yeah. are they all futuristic and also like nonviolent and all these other things? And what is happening? Because like in this movie, the LA area is super futuristic. Everything's like electric cars and whatever. What's happening in the rest of the world? Where is everything else? And Edgar Friendly makes a mention, right, that it's just here. It's not, if you go to another city, it's not like that. It's because it's because of Cocteau that it's like that here. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But that probably would have meant, like, a much larger CGI budget to, like, yeah. make another part of the yeah. world. <laughs> so this reminded me of, uh, if you ever read Judge Dredd, so at Comic-Con last year, uh, I bought a couple of volumes of it because it's been running for years. So the way it works, it's like they live in these mega cities, which is like continents or eh, smaller than continents. But when you leave the mega city, it's nothing. It's just like Mad Max on the outside part. And so yeah. either you stay in these shitty slums or you go out into the Mad Max world and, and they're really far in between. So you can travel to the other one, but you probably won't survive because there's weird monsters out there and people that like to eat skin. So I, I assume it's like that. It's like So it's the Midwest. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I, I like to think that San Angeles is really nice, but if you there's probably some walls around it. And if you get past that wall, then it's just like not happy. Yeah. It's full of all those diseases that Sandra Bullock brought up. Oh yeah. <laughs> and ooh, it's probably all earthquakey. I can't imagine that there wasn't just fucking riots in the streets when they were like, sorry, you're not allowed to have sex anymore. Excuse me? <laughs> well, if it got to the point where these diseases were just like rampant, and they're like, nah, like just about everybody that shares bodily fluids is getting like super AIDS, like you need to quit. 
that's a good reason to stop. <laughs> well, I mean, we're seeing it right now. Yeah. Don't, right. Don't go outside. Don't go shopping. Cover your face. Yeah. Uh, because we're all going to get the super killer. Yeah. So I, I could easily see that if it got to the point where it was really, really bad. Yeah. I could see them like putting in rules, like quit, like you're making it worse. So yes. it's a shitty, shitty world. Unless they had virtual reality to at least supplement. Right now we have virtual Zoom meetings. I don't know. <laughs> like to pretend yeah. like we're still hanging out with our friends. Uh, but they had virtual sex, which was apparently better than real sex. So, you know, they're fine. I guess. It looked like. <laughs> Like a seizure. I was like, oh, that's a lot. It's like you were in a club and dancing, and she's just like writhing, like, yeah, we're dancing. <laughs> this is this is fun, right? Like, I guess I, I can't really see you. It like, reminded yeah. me of that like sex scene from the beginning of um, Nightmare on Elm Street Six. Oh, <laughs> the, the one was all t- five. The one that was all like trying to be tasteful. Oh, yeah, the real artsy one. Yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> yeah, there was all the blue lighting, and it was like, here's a shot of her face. Here's a shot of his back. Here's a shot of her leg. And here's a shot. <laughs> it was it was a mess. I was like, what the hell is this? Is this not a Freddy movie? Like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, did we just start watching porn? That's fucking weird. Like tasteful <laughs> porn. Like, <laughs> switch my disc out. But yeah, nah. No, great movie, guys. Give it a watch if you haven't seen it. It's pretty good. Okay, so we're on Twitter at... Allentown Pod. You can check us out. Uh, if you have a question, comment, or concern, you can email us at... AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Just search for... Allentown Presents. And we have tons of other stuff, so yeah. And you'll, you'll see connections to everything else we're doing. Um, we're on just about any podcast app. Just search for Allentown Presents, and we'll be like the third or fourth one down. So just scroll a little bit and you'll see us. And we have tons of episodes of everything. We do a lot. So, and we have tons of new shows coming out. Um, There's another album of my life coming out very soon and tons of stuff. We we do a lot because we have a lot of extra time on our hands. We do a lot of drinking and stuff. So in between drinking, (laughs) we watch movies and talk about shows and stuff. So uh, keep with us and we'll keep this going and um, we'll see you very soon. We're going to keep this going. So, uh, like always, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Okay, bye.